Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Preston M. Smith. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Living Artist Podcast. I'm Preston M. Smith, at PMS Artwork Everywhere on internet land and socials. I want to thank you for landing on this podcast. Whether you're a professional artist, just getting started in the art world, a collector of art, or just consider yourself a creative person, this podcast has something for you. I like to think of it as a fun way to rant and talk to other creative people about living the life of an artist, surviving and getting ahead in the art world, and enjoying your life. But most importantly, not waiting until you're dead to make it happen. All right, let's get started. Oi. Hey, you. Uh, yeah, me? Yeah, you. Get over here. I want to thank you. Uh, thank me for, for what? Oi, for doing all them silly voices. Oh, on the podcast, you mean? Oh, I, I really appreciate Boy, it. don't interrupt me, lad. I'm trying to tell you something. Get over here. Let me tell you something real close, like. Uh, okay. Uh, it's getting a little creepy now, but, uh, yeah, what is it? Oi, it's not creepy. Oi, sorry, I'm just, I, I don't know what to say. You just, you keep saying oi and making me feel uncomfortable. Well, now you just hurt my feelings. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I was just pointing out something. No, no. Just continue on with the podcast. Do your thing. I'll just be going. I'll be on my merry way. Well, now I feel bad. No, just just come back. I mean, we, we can talk. Now I'm already long away. You can hear my voice, so it sounds like it's off in the distance. You do you. I'll truly be fine. Aw, now I feel bad. I feel bad about being a dick. <laughs> Even though... It's a voice that I'm doing. Ah, welcome back. That kind of sparked. I was just playing with voices the other day, and there's this character called Roy Kent. Roy, oi, I'm Roy Kent on uh, Ted Lasso, the show. And that was not really completely him, but just a caricature of a certain type of person. <laughs> and I just thought I would play with it a little bit here. And that's that. It kind of ties in, of course, like it always does. I'm always tying in these little seemingly random or ambiguous openings because today I want to talk about challenging your assumptions, your beliefs, and your preconceptions in life and in the art world. I feel like we're always kind of putting ourselves into a box. It's like we're our own worst enemy sometimes. We can be responsible for holding ourselves back in many different ways and the amount of money we make how successful we are in the art world, how we put ourselves out there 
in both a good way and a bad way in the world. So I just wanted to give a couple examples and challenge those assumptions a bit. Because I know when I was starting out, a lot of those unhealthy programs, assumptions or preconceptions that I had about, you know, what an artist should be like, what kind of standard they should hold themselves to, you know, what was selling out and all that. And the whole idea of being the tortured artist and the starving artist and not being able to make money when you're living. Those were all very damaging, almost implanted assumptions and perceptions that I had starting out. Limiting beliefs. And we all have those as artists and as human beings. These can come from society. These can come from what you've subjected yourself to reading or watching. These can come from family members. These can come from friends, naysayers, or a combination of all these. Just things that are kind of like programmed into you as a child, and they shape you as you go out into the world. And if you're not careful, these can place almost invisible limitations on how successful you can become or what you want to achieve or even trying a certain career path. And these can be sneaky too. You can even start doing well in your career path. You can even start succeeding as an artist and making money and monetizing, doing all these great things. And then you can fall back into this old programming. So you almost have to like deprogram yourself and be very aware and vigilant with yourself because these old programs can come back and like bubble up and rise to the surface. So what are some of these harmful and limited assumptions and perceptions and programming that we have. Well, one that I talk about on the podcast all the time that everybody should be well-versed in by now is the whole tortured, starving artist stigma. And that's just something that we have been led to believe growing up based on, yes, some history with certain artists like Van Gogh's and artists like that who'd never, they sold one painting in their entire life and lived this tortured lifestyle and never were successful and ended up going crazy or drinking themselves to death or dying young. And, you know, it's perpetuated also by all these biopics we see all the time of artists and, you know, musicians and rock stars and famous figures who all burnt out young, like the Jim Morrisons and the Janis Joplins and the Van Goghs and the Basquiat's and all these people. And we're kind of fed that because, let's face it, those are the stories that we as human beings are interested in watching because they're kind of sexy, you know? I don't mean sexy and like, oh, it's sexy to die young. I mean, they're filled with drama. Like, nobody wants to watch a movie where everybody's just happy the whole time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here's the biopic of the artist who was happy his whole life and made a shit ton of money and lived happily ever after. Nobody wants to watch that. It just doesn't fulfill that human desire to see drama and to kind of work through drama and all that. And, you know, I've had drama in my own life and I've had you know, negative limitations of my own life. And part of the interesting thing about those was learning how to rise above them. And that's an interesting story too. And I don't think there's enough emphasis put on those kind of stories of overcoming obstacles and odds that are to your disadvantage. So that's one major limitation or limiting belief or perception or program, whatever you want to call that. Those things can really get in the way and even just be sitting there in your subconscious, even when you're trying to make it as an artist, that's kind of always in the background going, oh, hang on, hang on a second. You're not supposed to do this. What is it everybody always says? Well, you know, you need to wait till you're dead to make money and become famous. Well, that's bullshit. And I think the internet and social media and online art platforms and, you know, whatever, connecting everybody to artists around the world, it's kind of 
debunking that a little bit too, showing you that it is possible to sell your work and to have some sort of notoriety or some sort of success while you're living. And that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast too. But that can take a lot of time to deprogram yourself from. You don't have to be an artist to have limiting beliefs. It can be implanted by your family. Um, You know, like one limiting belief my family has, and sorry, mom and dad, if you're listening, but they always do this thing where we're talking. If something bad happens, they go, well, it's just that damn Smith luck. Well, I choose not to believe in that because the more you keep saying that out loud and believing that, you're almost perpetuating that, and it becomes real. It's like, oh, it's that Smith luck. I, I, I can't rise above this. It's it's impacted and inflicted my ancestors and my family members with pain from the beginning of time or from the beginning of our ancestral line. Well, that's something that you just need to break out of. So how do you break out of that? Well, a lot of it is just by, in my opinion, I do think there is something to be said for following what your body is telling you to follow. What What is your joy? What brings you joy? What brings you fulfillment? And just quieting all that other noise. If thinking about making a shit ton of money brings you joy, then follow that. It doesn't matter if you come from, you know, a poor neighborhood or you were raised on the streets even. You can have those beliefs. You can have those joyful and inspiring beliefs that you will one day be extremely successful and even famous or make a lot of money or just be impactful to the world. And there are plenty of stories out there of people who've done that and who've risen to that. So you need to quiet those voices, whether those voices are real voices, whether they're societal voices, whether they're things that you're exposing yourself to, like maybe you watch a lot of daytime television that has a lot of drama and feeding you full of negative energy. Maybe you just have to quiet all that noise and get all that out of your head and just focus on the thing that you want to achieve. I think that can be powerful. Sometimes it's just as simple as following the things that make you feel good, following the things that make you feel inspired, that get your blood flowing, that get your creative juices flowing. When you feel crappy or when something's making you feel limitations, then it's no surprise that you are going to be acting out those limitations in your real life. So quiet all those voices and follow what gets you jazzed. Sometimes these limiting beliefs can be more subtle. Like, for example, in the art world, I know I had so many growing up and kind of figuring out and trying to find my footing in the art world of things that people told me I had to do. Like, oh, you have to go to, you just have to start going to shows and shows and shows and shows. And yeah, I mean, that's good. Going to shows is great. I mean, you can get a lot of knowledge about how it is to be and behave and how artwork looks in a gallery or museum or you can get inspiration from a certain type of artwork. And I like to do that, but the same rules apply. It's like, I'm going to go now when I really feel jazzed to do it. If something's calling me to do it, I'm going to do it. I try to limit now my feelings that I have to go to something out of obligation. Like, oh, I need to do this because it's just the right thing to do. I should do this. I should do this. Because now my time is getting more and more limited. I have to learn how to say no and really focus in on the things that actually make me happy. And that's not to say that sometimes you shouldn't go support people who've come and supported you. You should do that. But I've had the... The opposite example where I've driven all over town, Los Angeles, supporting certain people and, you know, and then I have a big show or a solo show and these people don't show up to my shows. And these people are probably just doing what I'm saying. What I'm preaching now is they're either too busy or they were just kind of following what made them feel 
jazzed in the moment. Maybe they were creating. Maybe they just had the call to create at that time and they couldn't make it. I think that's important and I think it's valuable. Now, this can also go for art advice. And it's why I don't say to people, this is the one thing you should be doing all the time because it's not true. Because everybody has to find their own path. And what works for one person will not work for another one. Like if I've heard, oh, you got to try trade shows or, oh, you got to just do as many shows as you can or, oh, you really need to get grants or, oh, you really need to do a residency. That's the big thing. Oh, or you need to get awards. You need to win a bunch of awards and that legitimizes you as an artist. Well, I've seen all of those work in artist careers and I've seen all of those do nothing in artist careers. And I've talked to artists on this podcast about that. It's not ever a one-size-fits-all approach. So follow, once again, your passion. What is something that calls to you? Like when I first found that selling work online was kind of my passion. Like I still love going to galleries and doing shows in person sometimes, but I found that I'm really, I really feel inspired. I really feel excited to create stuff in my studio and then handle the business side and put stuff up online and kind of control how the world sees that. That's kind of me. That's like, that's something that makes me get excited and gets me jazzed every day when I get up and do this like day in, day out, five, six, seven days a week. So I know that's something that is effective for me because first of all, I want to do it. And secondly, I've become successful at doing that. So that's one of those things that works. And I think the passion in that does go a long way to making you feel successful. Like if you're just going and doing gallery shows, brick and mortar gallery shows all the time and you hate it, well, some of that's going to come out in your energy at the show or how you're talking to people, or it's just going to take your energy out from doing the other things that you love that you haven't found yet or the creative process, it's going to suck that energy out of places that you could be applying that energy to. So those are other limiting beliefs or programs that are implanted by other artists or art books that you read, like you have to do this, you have to grow up at work in a gallery and learn the ropes in a gallery. And then you can start showing the gallery owners your work and start, you know, getting onto the list of collectors that with their clientele and blah, blah, blah. And yes, that can work for some people. And for other people, it's like, oh my God, I'd rather just quit than go do that. So it's just one of those things where you have to kind of find your groove, find what speaks to you and, and what gets you excited every day. And if working in a gallery doesn't get you excited, don't do it. I have examples in my life of people who've really benefited from doing that, from working in galleries and like climbing up the ladder that way and really becoming successful. And I have other examples of people who were just bitter interns at galleries and like when I would come in and try to show my work they would just vomit their bitterness all over me and they would be sarcastic and they would just not give you the time of day and it was just obvious if it wasn't obvious at the time it's obvious to me now looking back that these people were just not happy people so they should maybe not have been doing that another limiting belief and program that a lot of artists have is that of being a sellout or becoming a sellout and I was so hyper vigilant about not being a sellout in my early years, and I still am. I just think it's confusing to some artists what being a sellout means as an artist. Being a sellout to me is not being true to yourself. That's what a sellout is, or not being true to yourself and not being true to your art. But making money as an artist and becoming successful is not being a sellout. And if you're doing things that are true and valid to you as an artist that make you money, then that's not a sellout. Like, why do big bands, like badass bands who are, 
you know, in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, why do they sell merchandise? Why do they have all this merch that makes them a bunch of money? Well, they sustain their career that way. And it's okay to do some things like this to make money and to go out and play shows. I mean, shows bring them money. So you have to get your artwork out there. You have to monetize at some point to be able to sustain your artistic career. So that's not being a sellout. Now, being untrue to yourself and like painting a certain way or changing styles all the time to fit trends and all that, that that could be being a sellout. But learning how to be more proficient at making money as an artist is definitely not being a sellout. You've heard me talk about this on the podcast before, but some of the best artists out there, some of the most underground, like cool, badass artists out there were the best at getting their artwork in front of people's eyes, whether that be Banksy or Shepard Ferry or Basquiat or Andy Warhol, all these people they were good at getting their artwork out in the public eye. Nobody considers them a sellout. This topic actually kind of irks me because it's something that's so ingrained in like the public collective consciousness that, you know, it's funny, an artist can be struggling for so many years and decades and just, you know, super poor and super unhappy and like suicidal. And then the moment they turn their life around and become successful and get their shit together, they don't get anything from anybody. Nobody goes like, oh my God, so happy for you, so great. It's like they become accustomed to having that artist suffer that they almost can't get behind an artist's success. So that is very damaging as a culture. And it's something that we need to be aware of as artists, as fellow artists, when somebody starts to become successful and has struggled and suffered so many for so many years and then starts to see the fruit of their labors, we should be getting behind them and celebrating that. And this segues into other limiting beliefs, like, for example, artists are not good at managing money. Artists are not good at business. Artists are not good at doing the left brain, right brain thing. They can only think one certain way. Well, that's just a limitation on yourself. That's a limiting belief. I believed that for many years. I functioned under that preconceived notion for 14 years until I got my shit together and realized that I could take control of it. And I started to enjoy it and I liked it. And I found that kind of entrepreneurial side of myself and learned how to kind of merge that with my art business and my creative side. And now I love it. Like that gets me jazzed. I, that's something that I know that no matter what happens in the world, I have that. I can trust in myself to kind of guide and navigate my art career. And that's invaluable. So if I'd gone on trusting that limiting belief, then I would never have gotten to the place that I am today. I truly believe and know from experience that any of these beliefs can be overcome, can be deprogrammed. You can interrupt patterns and refocus on you know, what you actually want to achieve in life. Listen to some of my old podcasts like Pattern Interrupter, Interrupting Your Pattern. I don't remember what it's called, <laughs> but it's out there. Just look for it. Oi, look for it. So you can be in the driver's seat. You can take control of whatever it is you want to achieve. You just have to get behind that, find your little path, find what turns you on and gets you motivated to keep doing it. Quiet the noise. Don't focus on what everybody else is telling you you need to do. Learn when you're starting out, dip your toes in a bunch of different things to figure out what that thing is that actually gets you jazzed up or gets you turned on or gets you excited to do these things and then start going down that path and then trust that when you feel that another way and you need to like make a little left turn or a right turn and try a different path, that that's going to be there. You start to get better at trusting your body and trusting that feeling in your body and you just follow that. You follow your passion. You follow what excites you. So Hopefully, this is something that is going to make you think and 
consider at least challenging some limiting beliefs that you may have. There are so many of them. There's hundreds of them. There's thousands of them. I just don't want to talk on forever. I know you got a busy day. So I just wanted to bring up a few examples and some stuff that has affected me in my life, things that I've overcome, things that were limiting me early on, and just show them as an example of how you can overcome that and how it can be beneficial to you. So hopefully this has been something that you can use, something that can excite you to do it in your own life. Thanks as always for supporting and listening to the podcast. You can always continue this conversation with me on social media and reach out to me in my DMs, email, whatever. The important thing is that we are thinking about these things and we are talking about them and we are helping each other rise up and overcome some of these obstacles that we face as artists. Because you know what? We all deserve to be successful and to find that joy in our lives. So have a great day. Have a great week. Be creative. And uh uh-oh, don't look. He's coming back. Oi. Hey. Don't run away from me. I'm trying to talk to you. Hey, get back here. What was all this crap about challenging your assumptions? I just wanted to give you a hug. This has been the Living Artist Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I just want you to know that I appreciate you being here, and I'm grateful to be in your ears. Your art and creative life on this planet is meaningful, so thank you for sharing it with me. If you like this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, please subscribe and share it with your friends. You can also leave me a positive review to show your support. This helps me to reach more people with the algorithmic magic and keep the show going strong. If you want to see more of what I do and check out the art that I create, you can visit my website at www.pmsartwork.com or follow me on social media everywhere at PMS Artwork. That's it for now. See you back here next time.